Welcome to the Inspiring Camp Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about creating space in your home and lives. I have spent many years as a professional organizer creating offerings that are unique and work. I love to look at the holistic organizing of how you can create space in yourself and your home so you can find that peace and harmony that you crave. Now, let me tell you, it goes beyond the clutter. You'll learn skills and strategies in this podcast that will help you release the overwhelm so you can go from chaos to calm. Now, did you know that you have a unique clutter cure? It's true. There's a specific reason clutter builds up in your home. All the papers, clothes, stuffed cupboards and drawers. And it's not because you are lazy or unproductive. It actually goes much deeper. When you know the reason for stuff piling up, you can make simple changes that stop the cycle and free up space in your mind, heart, and home. I invite you to take my two-minute quiz that I created, Discover Your Clutter Cure. When you take that quiz, what happens is you will uncover your top reason that you collect clutter, and it may surprise you. You'll receive personalized decluttering strategies that suit your personality, which is so key. If you head to thespacereclaimers.ca forward slash quiz, take the quiz. Otherwise, I'll have the link in the show notes and I would love to hear what your result is. Here's to creating calm and space in your home and life. I'm Louise Hopkin, your host of Inspiring Calm Podcast. Enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of Inspiring Calm Podcast. Super excited to have a guest expert here, um, something I'm very, very passionate about and I know Katharina is as well. So there you go, I just said her name. I've got Katharina Hellman with me today, who is a certified life coach and also a climate change coach. So Katharina, welcome and tell us a little bit more and what does it mean to be a climate change coach? Yeah, hello Louise and hello to everyone listening. Thank you very much for having me. On the show today, I'm really excited to do this because your topic of, you know, decluttering and organizing really also fits very well with sustainable living and sustainable lifestyle. So as you already said, I'm a certified life coach and I also did a a so-called advanced coaching certification in climate change coaching. And what that means is I'm, I got an extra qualification in specifically coaching people around topics connected to or related to climate change that could be climate anxiety you know like the emotional impacts of climate change but it of course also relates to other things like you know how can we actually live more sustainably how can we and you know not lose hope in what is happening and and still go forward take action find the action that we want to take and, and make our part of a difference in the world so that is that is what I've been trained in. Beautiful. That's it in a nutshell. I'm sure we're going to go into uh, a little bit more in detail soon, but that's what I love about it. And I really love when you say, you know, it doesn't matter how, well, you're kind of implying how big or small our impact is that we need to make some change. And I know myself personally, you know, plastic has been banned here in Canada um, and, or it's being phased out. And it's like, okay, that's great. So now what's something else I could do to really help? And you feel like it's just a small thing, but it all counts though, right? Like it's um, it's yeah. all super important. And so you tell us a little bit more about that. So you help us kind of know what changes or what we can do to make um, a difference in the, in the, in the world, I guess. 
Yes. So, yeah, so I've, you know, I came across this coaching topic or this coaching niche because I've been, you know, if, if you Google things like sustainable living, sustainable lifestyle, you come across so many things that you can do. You know, I don't think the question is what to do. The question rather is, or the problem, the difficulty rather is to actually do them, you know, to not get overwhelmed in all this knowledge of what to do, what is the most effective thing to do. And then once we've identified the most effective thing or the most, let's say, doable thing for us personally, according to our individual circumstances and values and lifestyle and all of that kind of stuff is to then actually do it, to implement it, to build the habit to you know, change the mindset that is necessary in order to be able to actually pull through and and do it and do this change in our lives that that is necessary to you know incorporate that new that new activity into our lives. So my focus is, of course, I'm consulting with people who absolutely have no idea whatsoever where to start. I will help them, you know, identify the most effective things that they could do to. And reduce their personal carbon footprint based on an evaluation of their lives and their individual situation, let's say. But um, I'm finding that quite a number of people that come to me already have like a at least vague idea of, you know, what the big things are in order to live more sustainably, reduce their carbon footprint. The question for them is, as I said, rather sticking with that, managing their mind around keeping this up keeping this new habit up and not get discouraged by thoughts like I'm just this one person what difference am I going to be making now I'm here uh, you know phasing up plastic from my life and then I'm reading in the news on social media that you know I don't know the UK is opening a new coal mine or whatever so you know so it, it's 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 managing it's managing habits it's setting goals implementing goals actually putting that into practice and overcoming also thinking like oh I don't have time for that it's too difficult it's too hard it's too expensive to do that and I'm just one person I can't make a difference so all this like in a nutshell all this mindset stuff that is um, keeping us from actually implementing sustainable lifestyle habits that's my jam that's what I'm doing that's your jam I love that and it's it's so true and that's why you know it it works really well too because it's the same as decluttering as well so the over overwhelm right and that's what we were talking about you know um when we first chatted about this and we're like I love this because the overwhelm the anxiety and it's like one little thing's not going to make a difference right but it starts with the mindset and and I was looking at when you said reduce carbon footprint um are you able to kind of dive a little bit into that like why is it important what what why would we want to do that I mean some of us know but just tell us a little bit more yeah so like the the concept of the carbon footprint in and of itself is a bit controversial in a in that it was invented by British petrol a fossil fuel company Uh, which basically wanted to deflect responsibility from them, from, you know, them as an oil producing, oil selling company and kind of use this concept of a personal carbon footprint to put the blame on individual people, you know, and and kind of put the responsibility on them that 
you know, individuals should be the ones that have to change their lives so that big fossil fuel companies can basically continue polluting. And so the, the concept of the carbon footprint in and of itself is controversial. However, there is clear scientific evidence that, first of all, individual people can and will have a really big impact on businesses, on politics, because they can, you know, a a lifestyle change from an individual can become the nucleus of of a, let's say, bigger movement that then, you know, swaps over or kind of influences business and politics. So it's, you know, we cannot discount individual climate action or individual carbon footprint reduction, reduction. And the second thing is also that also businesses and politics are being comprised of individual people who can be influenced, who can, you know, be swayed by public opinion, by a public, let's say, stance on something. And there is also with regards to, you know, reducing carbon emissions, there is also clear scientific evidence that I think up to 70% of all carbon emissions worldwide can be traced back to household consumption. 70%. Wow. of all and um, carbon em- emissions so that means that it is ultimately also at the same time to you know changing our business setups and you know like forcing or getting businesses to you know operate more sustainably reduce their emissions in their production process and all that kind of stuff it remains crucial that also individual people do something, do as much as possible, ideally, to reduce their personal carbon footprint. And so um, I really want to want to stress that here, that this thought that, you know, an individual cannot do anything at all about climate change is not true. And that is particularly true for those of us who belong to the, let's say, more affluent part of the population. In fact, science tells us that, um, you know, the top 10% of of the population are responsible for a, a, a huge part of carbon emissions and the, the most influence or the most affluent proportion of the of, of the population is being defined as people who make more than $38,000 per year. So at least I think that's not that much. I was very surprised when I read this figure because I would have thought that, you know, that the top 10% of the population would be people who, you know, who make six figures, seven figures, something like that. But yeah. it turns out that the middle class, let's say, in, in countries like Canada and, and Europe and the US, already their lifestyle counts into this, you know, biggest responsibility portion to a very, very large degree. So that means, in short, that a, a bigger proportion of people than one would normally think has a very big lever, a very big leverage to do something. And because you were asking me that in the beginning as well, so there are really a lot of things we can also do that don't really come with a big lifestyle change. You know, that's also one of those big misconceptions that I that I'm addressing with my clients. Like you know, this this thought that sustainable living carbon footprint reduction means that I have to completely overturn everything I have to you know basically 
several ties with my current life. I have to move into a tiny house. I have to go off grid. I have to grow my own food. I have to, you know, change my social environment, you know, basically become a completely different person. And this is just simply not true. I mean, of course, the, the more we reduce the carbon footprint, the better, but there is a lot of stuff that you can already do now that really comes with either no change whatsoever to current lifestyles or changes that are minimal and and you know not very significant and the, the interesting thing is that when we when we start with those things and we incorporate those into our daily life and we build habits around those we actually realize that it's not that difficult and and i'm i'm sure that's also something that you are um, experiencing with your clients you know and once the the first hurdle is is being overcome, things become much easier from there, and people actually start to realize that they there is so much more potential for happiness and emotional and, and mental well being on the other side of you know in your case probably clutter and you know having too much stuff and in in my case on the other side of you know this sort of bigger, faster, wider, higher, you know, more consumption, buying more stuff, having more, having this more, you know, status symbol focused life, maybe, you know, keeping up with the Joneses type of thing that isn't very sustainable. And once people cut back on, on their consumption habits and, and live a more sustainable, low carbon footprint life, which at the same time is a, maybe a simpler life, they actually realize that their potential for happiness and well-being is so much bigger than they would have ever thought beforehand. So that that's been really interesting for me to see. Yeah. I love that. And and that's the that's again the very similar, right? The mindset, break it down into small doable things. And then it's the end result that we're after, right? The happiness and the joy it brings with yeah. kind of in a nutshell, having less stuff. But you were sort of touching on that. We don't have to become minimalists. We don't have to, you know, no. go off grid. Like you said, I was kind of laughing to myself about that because a lot of us think we have to, right? We have to go extreme. Yeah. And it's like, no, it doesn't have to be. Um, we still can live who we are which I think is really neat how you were saying that we can still be who we are, but make some tweaks to it. And, you know, we think about, well, I'm just one person, but then if it becomes like a, a movement kind of thing, you know, you add up yeah. all those people, right. Then it becomes one becomes a hundred comes a thousand. Then it's like, and so on. Right. So if all of us thought I'm just one person, then it's not going to change. Right. So that was kind exactly. of what I was thinking. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I, I have to, yeah, I have to remind myself that sometimes too, when I do things, I'm like, wow, is this going to make a difference? It's like, well, yes, it is. So it, it's, I feel better for it too. Right. So yeah. yeah, I love that. Um, And a couple of other things I was just thinking of when you were talking about that. So I know a lot of us with clutter have electronics. There's so much electronic recycling. I see, wow. uh, right. That people just kind of, they don't know what to do with it. Um, And I know like electronics, that kind of, is that, that's a real issue, I suppose, or is that something you sort of look at too, how much of a problem that is? Um, yeah, of course it becomes part of the, of the big picture, but interestingly enough, I would say this electronics waste problem that you're just mentioning is, is, is one of those things where people think that this would be one of the things that makes the biggest difference, but interestingly mm -hmm. enough, 
it's not. So there are other oh. actions that people can take that have this huge impact, much like a much bigger positive effect on their personal carbon footprint. For example, I was very surprised that one of the, the top things that you can do in order to reduce your personal carbon footprint is to reduce your meat consumption, like eating less meat, eating less meat, eat less dairy. Wow. And, and also here, it's one of the things that we don't have to do, like from today to tomorrow, like you don't have to become vegan by tomorrow, but just starting with, let's say, you know, one less meat meal per week and um, you know for starters and then maybe it, it this can turn into two or we go like make a vegetarian day that kind of thing or even just cutting out lamb and beef because those two lamb and beef are the the biggest like the, the, like those animals are regurgitating what they've been eating and you know even if you can't or are not willing to cut out meat completely already cutting out um, lamb and beef will make a huge difference because lamb and beef actually come, you know, the raising of the animals and, you know, their uptake and, and all that comes with a huge carbon footprint, methane emissions, that kind of stuff, which, you know, methane gas is, is 34 times more damaging to the, to the climate than, than CO2 actually. So, you know, so, and actually, so number one is eating less meat particularly lamb and beef, ideally, of course, going vegetarian or even vegan. And the second most, um, like, you know, the second huge thing that people can do that makes a, such a big difference, which is actually one of those things that I would qualify as having no to little impact on personal lifestyles is to reduce food waste. Food waste meaning throwing vegetables or other you know groceries out because you've bought them and you haven't gotten around to eating them to preparing them to cooking them to preserving them whatever you you're doing with them and they've gone bad in your fridge or on the counter or whatever and you basically throw them into the normal waste bin or you know there is maybe there isn't any composting system in your community or whatever and you just put them in the waste bin and they end up in landfill and and you know so you know food waste on landfills is is a huge problem because also this will cause methane gases that you know have this hugely damaging effect on, on the climate and this is one thing that can be avoided by a simple thing which is meal planning so with just a little bit foresight and planning of what you are eating when and what groceries you actually want to buy what actually you need to buy and in order to, you know, get through the week with your eating, that's already going to make a huge difference because you're probably not going to buy, end up buying stuff that you are not going to be cooking. And you're actually going, also going to be saving money in the process because you're not ending up buying stuff that you then throw away uneaten. So it, it really is a win-win-win scenario, you know, doing this for yourself saves you money and time and energy of buying stuff that you ultimately are not going to be using and you are saving so much and um, you know resources and emissions you know all this food that has to be planted grown harvested from around the world flown to transported to wherever the grocery store is distributed you know and then it actually ends up in, in landfill and those are two big things uh, that that to me at least were very surprising how mm -hmm. much of an impact they actually have and 
for everyone who's listening to this and, and is thinking, oh my God, I didn't know about that. That's really interesting. And I want to tell you that there, um, there are so many other things, as I mentioned before, and I've actually put together a guide, a free guide to the 15 most effective things that an individual can be doing, that an individual can start doing today or you know, right now that have the biggest positive impact on the carbon footprint without having to significantly overturn or change the current lifestyle. So 15 things that, you know, we can do right now as individuals that with no or very little changes to our lifestyles. And that's, that's for download on my website. And um, I'm, I'm sure you, we're going to be putting that into the show notes. So if, if anyone yes. wants to learn more about what they can do, um, that's a very good resource. That's, That's awesome. Good. Yes, I actually I downloaded your free guide as well. And I even just like I was like, eat less meat. I you just don't think about it, right? And I just sort of it yeah. was, sort of seems simple when you hear it. But it's like, oh right, that does make sense. And reduce food waste. I know here in um Calgary, we actually have a compost bin. So they started that like four years ago, which is awesome. So we get to put um we have the little compost bins and I hope it goes to the right place that supposedly does um that's always the kind of thing in the back of your mind isn't it it's like does it actually get dealt with properly but that's a whole different <laughs> whole different ball game and so even you know some of us probably have those compost bins or you know obviously not everybody does but making sure we make that effort to do it right it's not hard like you said create those habits and it makes a big change because how easy is that to do right um if yeah. people don't have access to compost bins or something like that. So they're in apartments. Um, do you have a suggestion of what people can do in that situation or how they can deal with their food waste? Yeah. So, I mean, of course, the first thing, as always, with anything that you buy, it's better to not buy it in the first place. So, you know, if you don't have a composting opportunity in, in your apartment or your condo, make sure that you are not producing food waste in the first place, meaning that you really, you know, are extra diligent with the food planning and, you know, maybe, you know, for example, even vegetable scraps can be a boil to vegetable broth. There are recipes in the internet that I found, you know, that you can actually do something with those potato peels rather than, you know, throwing them into the, into the waste bin. And, um, for, you know, for those things that really aren't uh, usable anymore because, you know, they've been moldy or whatever, you know, have gone bad. There are actually little composting machines that are, you know, like like big as a bucket and, and you put them on the counter. And um, I've actually written a newsletter um, uh, about composting um, a few weeks back. I've, I've got this weekly newsletter that I'm sending people, you know, with my latest blog posts and, and sustainable living tips and, and that kind of thing. And I, I can't remember right now the, the brand, of course, of these composting machines, but there is a myriad of, of things available by now. It, it's, it's bucket-sized little pots that you put on your counter that have a lid, so it's not these warmy things that you know people maybe feel a bit yucky about so it, it's like it's like a plastic case of of composting and you just plug that into into the electricity and I mean as far as I've understood that you know you throw the stuff in and after a few hours <laughs> or days you know the, the the soil comes out really so that that could be one apartment friendly option um that people could could look at but of course as I said the best thing is to avoid producing it in the first place because then you're going to be 
not have to worrying about them. Yeah, totally. Well, and, and it was interesting because I pictured in my mind was actually the peels and because I don't waste a lot as well. I do a lot of meal planning. So I love that you talk uh, about that. And I hadn't really, because I talk about meal planning as in saving time. And yeah, I know it yeah. saves you some money as well, but I hadn't really thought of the knock-on effect again. So I love how this is all falling into place. Yeah. Um, And again, the, the potato peels and the carrot peels and things like that, I hadn't thought of that because that's what I was picturing. That's what I put into my green bin. So now I'm like, yeah. ooh, I'm going to find some of those recipes. I think that's a cool yeah. idea. <laughs> so thank you for yeah. sharing that. Um, You're welcome. So I think it's been really, really interesting. Now, a couple of questions. So I wanted to sort of look at, um, you talked about how to overcome eco-anxiety and take climate action. So we've talked about the climate action. Yeah. And you've touched briefly on kind of the anxiety, but is there a couple of things you could tell us how to overcome that just a little bit, just a couple of tips or strategies and, and what you mean yeah. exactly by that? So, Yeah. So the first thing to know about anxiety and particularly about climate anxiety is what anxiety actually is and and just already rationalizing that and kind of understanding that at least in my experience for myself for my own eco-anxiety journey that that's also my story I'm also coming to this let's say coaching topic from my own personal experience of, of you know suffering really really strong eco-anxiety a few years back it, it really comes down to realizing that the feeling of anxiety is is caused by our brain as a survival mechanism so our, our brain is producing anxiety as an emotion when it senses a danger that is either real because, for example, you know, there is someone in front of us holding a knife to our throat, or it could also be a perceived danger. Like, for example, we are sitting on our sofas at home safely. There is nothing happening like in our immediate surroundings, but we are reading on social media about you know, the flooding in Pakistan or the wildfires in California or something like that. And also just the reading from that, we are just looking at words on a screen, on a mobile phone screen. This is already triggering this primal instinctual brain reaction of anxiety. So just to understand that anxiety is something that our brain is programmed to do, that it has been you know, been trained since our evolution to be good at because anxiety back in the day when we were still living in caves, anxiety was a very, very necessary tool for our survival because it did signal to us, oh my God, there is a predator outside of the cave. I better stay inside and don't go outside. So anxiety is, is the most human and most natural emotion that we could potentially have. And it is something that our brain is, you know, offering us to keep us safe and to keep us, let's say, huddled in the cave, you know, in the in the cave of our comfort zone where it's warm and, you know, well known and comfy and all of that. So, and this is also why we will never actually be able to overcome anxiety in the sense that we will never be feeling it again in our lives. It's just not possible. Anxiety will always be part of our lives. And, and the, the question really becomes like when I say overcome anxiety, I really mean learning how to live with this brain mechanism and how to not let your life be dictated by that. 
if, if you want to have an image with that, it rather comes down to letting the question whether you want to have the anxiety have the, the driver's seat in the car of your life or whether you want to delegate the anxiety to the passenger seat. And, and really just, just picturing this and, and just rationalizing this for myself, understanding this about myself, about my own anxiety, also in the face of you know, this huge challenge of climate change and, and the climate crisis and all of that already made it so much better to handle and so much easier to just tell myself, okay, I'm now feeling anxiety. This is just my brain doing what it's been programmed to do, what it knows to do best. I'm not going to be letting myself stop by that. I'm going to be taking action regardless. And I'm going to you know, relegate this anxiety to the passenger seat and I'm going to go forward while I'm feeling the anxiety, while I'm still feeling the fear, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to go out and look for something that I can do and I'm not going to be played around and, and held back by that and from that by my brain, basically. And then once you know that rationally, it really comes down to you know, processing, processing these, these emotions of anxiety, of fear, of maybe even panic, you know, all these, all these different emotions that come up around climate change, it can be anxiety, it can be fear, it can be grief, it can be anger, it, you know, all these emote, these like heavy and, and sometimes even painful emotions that we so often you know, brush away, put under the carpet, don't want to look at. It's something that we tend to distract ourselves from because we've been also socialized in our society that, you know, feeling anger, feeling rage, feeling sadness, feeling unhappiness of whatever definition is something bad that has to be remedied or, you know, gotten rid of as soon as possible. So we don't ever allow ourselves really to, you know, even look at those emotions, ask ourselves what they might be telling us. Every emotion has something to tell us about our values, about what is going on, all these things. And so we never really typically learn how to, you know, deal with these emotions in, in a healthy way. And only when once we learn how to process them, how to feel them fully, how to allow ourselves to really go into them and, and have a look around and, and be present with them and, and, you know, move towards them rather than running away from them. Only then can we, you know, really get our power back, our agency back and, and really, you know, move from paralysis and, and being at the effect of those emotions to, you know, empowerment and, and, you know, action and, and, doing what we actually want to be doing. And, and that really is that really is the first step that that I would suggest for anyone that that is suffering from particularly climate anxiety is to learn how to process these emotions. And of course that's that's one of the, the main things that I'm doing with my clients as well. Amazing. I love that. That was such a powerful, honest, um open uh, explanation of it. I love it. Taking the uh, driver's seat, right? Because as soon as you can say something and you can picture it it's like oh yeah I can really relate to that right it's like oh that passenger they can yeah. they can have everything they can take it all so I thought that was a really neat explanation um thank you so much for that I really appreciate it 
Now, I'm just going to say, you said that you are working with clients and helping people go through this and then helping create that change and get through the anxiety. So you mentioned, I know we talked about off, off, uh, offline, off air, whatever you call it. Um, you have a program coming up soon. So would you share us a little bit about that? So those who are interested. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, of course. So, um, I'm actually at the moment, so my plan for 2023 is um, that I am offering a monthly free masterclass for people who sign up to that. So actually the the, um, uh, the one in February is about probably about your topic and um, uh, 7th of February is, is going to be about letting go of things that don't serve us anymore, clutter or other things and, and thrive with the rest. And the March masterclass is um, really about you know, how we can use these coaching tools that I now talked about, you know, processing emotions, mindset work in order to create the sustainable life that we want or that we maybe don't know we want, but that is the, you know, let's say, you know, the the culmination of what you and I are both probably helping people with, like, you know, this less consumerist, less stuff, in, in the broader sense like you know life that is less filled with things but more with maybe experiences and emotions positive emotions and and the march um master will then lead into my course that you that, as you mentioned so i'm i'm um coming forward in march with the first ever launch of this program it's brand new i'm going to be creating it um with my founding members and i um, starting in March and um, it's going to be a membership program. So what I want to offer people is a coaching container where I'm doing, I will be having a monthly theme every month. We'll be, we'll be having a new theme and there will be actually two themes, both a climate theme and a coaching theme. So we will be covering one, specific topic um every month for example let's say one month it's going to be about food waste prevention like how can we actually do meal planning why is it important to eat less meat all these questions that we covered today and the next month it might be about sustainable fashion you know what do i need to know about that why is it important how can i find new resources how can i manage emotionally to let go of those things as well and as I said, you know, the, the climate theme, let's say, um, is going to be accompanied by coaching themes. So I will be having a monthly, a monthly coaching team theme as well around topics like goal setting, um, you know, procrastination, perfectionism, time and money mindsets, that kind of thing. Relationships, that's um, also a very, very big thing for people. You know, many people think like, oh, my God, how can I even live more sustainably if I have a husband and kids and you know they all they aren't on board with any of that and like my whole family actually thinks I'm crazy because I'm even worried about climate change you know there is also this relationship aspect around it so long story short um starting in March I will be launching the sustainable living society that's the name of of this program and we will be um coaching around a monthly climate topic and also a monthly coaching topic and there will be you know weekly calls around that there's going to be this portal with you know like a huge vault that I'm going to be building and on each month and yeah so I'd I'd be really happy 
and if if anyone of, of the listeners would like to join this program because this really will be the nucleus of this movement that we talked about in the beginning so this program i'm hoping to build this community of people who actually really want to make a difference who are done with looking at how things are and you know feeling like okay this is the moment for me now to step up to the occasion and look at what i can do personally in my personal life and then starting from starting with that and then you know branching out maybe also into why the climate action like maybe influencing friends and family getting them on board and also of course looking then at you know potentially also wider implications like you know can i maybe do something in my work environment can i do something in my political environment can i do something in my community is there some possibility for me to change and ultimately i'm hoping that this program will be able to empower people inspire people and and actually create a community of people who want to you know reduce their carbon footprint live more sustainably overcome and and manage and process all these climate change emotions that i manage that, that i'm and uh, all these climate change emotions that I mentioned before. And yeah, and ultimately, of course, become happier than they've been before they joined the program, because of course, that's that's the ultimate goal to help people. Yeah, That's amazing. I love it. It sounds so exciting. And I really hope people will uh, head over there and check it out, right? So we're going to have the link in the show notes to your masterclasses and then also to the Sustainable Living Society. I love that name too. It's uh, it's perfect. So I'm excited for you. I'm going to check it out myself too. You might see me hanging out right. with you as well. Perfect. <laughs> I think yeah, it'll be, totally. Yeah, it'll be, it's so connected, right? And just, you know, I deal with just yeah. the clutter part and then you've got the whole, you know, if we can do the, the sustainable living thing, it just really blends well together. So I think that'll be super, totally. super cool to do. And, and the movement is here. So you heard of it first, right? With us, so... <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. I heard that first. Um, okay, awesome. Well, thank you so, so much. And just quickly, uh, I see you have a lot of plants in your office, which is very, very yes. cool. And I guess that helps with the society. Now I'm putting you on the spot. What's your favorite house plant that you have that you can suggest for us? I just saw all your beautiful plants and I know no one can see them, but I'm like, ooh, what's the best house plant there? <laughs> Oh, the best houseplant. I don't know. I mean, I have so many flowers that I, that I really love. Um, I, I actually am ashamed to say that I sometimes even don't know the names of all these beautiful plants. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's okay. I, even, I don't either. I couldn't even say it, but yeah, I love, I love plants of all shapes and forms and colors and sizes. So, you know. That's awesome. That, that's another really right. good thing to to think yeah. of putting in our house more of too. As you can see, I have some yeah. plants in the background too. Yeah. I actually don't know the name of it either. So there you go. <laughs> I, don't know. I got it from somebody else. So I'm like, I have no idea. Anyway, yeah. so <laughs> thank you for sharing that. But that's awesome. I really, really loved our chat and I'm super excited. I think this is going to be amazing what you're doing and really can't wait to check out more about it. So thank you so much for being here, Katharina. And uh, and anybody who wants to find out more, we'll put it in the show notes and have a great, great day, everybody. So that's a wrap for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in on today's podcast. I really appreciate your time and being part of our movement where we are looking to change our lives so we can lead a more simple life, reconnect with our friends, family, and of course ourselves. If you need or want to have more support from like-minded folks and myself, 
head to our free private Facebook group, Who Loves to Organize. This is a safe place to share your thoughts, struggles with getting back to basics, whether that be resistance from family members or just needing to know where to begin. Louise Hopkins signing up for today and can't wait to share more thoughts, ideas and strategies on how to reclaim your space.